0: Welcome to All Write in Sin City, a podcast about writers and writing in the Windsor, Detroit region. Your podcasters today are Irene Moore Davis, author, educator, and local
1: historian.
0: Sarah Jarvis, former bookseller, publishing rep, and literary festival chair. And me, Kim Conklin, Windsor-based writer and filmmaker.
1: We're here at BookFest Windsor at the beautiful School of Creative Arts in Windsor, the former Armories, with two amazing authors, Blair Hurley and Nadia Lubu-Hazard. So pleased that you could join us today. Thanks
0: for inviting us. Glad to be here. First of all, how did the panel go? What did, what, what did you like about it?
2: Oh, it was a great conversation. I think I like these conversations with writers that are just casual, and also getting some insight into other writers' process and their inspiration, I think, is always fun to hear. So. I had a great time. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It was really
3: nice because there were uh, things that Blair and I shared that complemented each other, and then there were things that you know we could give different perspectives on, which I really uh, appreciated. And I thought uh, TJ did a great job moderating really interesting questions to Mm -hmm. get us thinking a little deeper about our writing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, TJ Travis, one of our former guests, was the moderator for this session. So uh, so wonderful how the community of of Windsor's literary scene gets together and.
0: Really host this festival as a group Mm -hmm. so what did you find that you had in common in terms of your process or your themes
2: well we did talk about uh, our characterization I think the way that we had to get to know our characters and really discover uh, characters that had common threads with our own life experiences I think and how that can really lead to a strong foundation for a believable character and also our sense of place in Mm -hmm. our writing too Yeah, I agree.
3: The sense of place, I think, was uh, an an important one, and just really uh, connecting on that idea of a novel almost having place as a a character in the novel, um, and both of us grounding on that. and Yeah, just connecting on the very you know, basic level of being a writer and uh, mm-hmm. the, the writing novels and what a long process it is. We talked beforehand a little bit about um, you know, feeling like you're getting to the end of a novel yes. and then so like, am I there? And not not sure if you're there. So it's just really nice because a lot of writing is very um, individual and uh, sort of isolating. It's really nice to connect with
2: other authors. Mm, I love festivals like this for that reason where writing is such a solitary pursuit and then this is the chance that you have to actually hear from other writers and socialize with them too.
0: Excellent. So, um, let's talk about each of your books a little bit, Nadja, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your book and the the storyline for the the audience, and then um, maybe what the inspiration was? Sure. So, the novel's called The
3: Napaway Motel, and it's a story that's based in Scarborough in the east end of Toronto on uh, the motel strip along Kingston Road, and it's in a rundown motel. The story's told um, in rotating point of view between three main characters. Uh, and the characters are quite different from one another but they do share a common experience of a very profound loss in their lives Um, and I think that's part of what what brings them together is sort of this need um, to struggle this need as they're struggling through this loss to have some connection Um, and I think at the heart of the novel is just you know the the idea that we can offer a little bit of uh, kindness to each other at those times. Um, One of the main inspirations for the novel was um, my own time in Scarborough uh, driving the Kingston Road motel strip and Uh, seeing seeing those these motels that are you know run down um, but filled with people living there Um, and when I made the discovery that uh, the city of Toronto uses some of the motels as uh, part of their housing system the sheltering system I just thought that's that's a story there and that was really the
0: inspiration for the novel Mm. and how would you characterize sort of the theme of the novel or the, the tone of it what would you uh, it's tricky to
3: say one of the reasons it's tricky for me to say is because it 's told in this rotating point of view so there's three very distinct voices, and each of those voices I think each of them has their own uh, take on the world um, but I do think uh, one of the the themes is is just about um, these little kindnesses and this um, you know these these moments that help us through these times of hardship.
0: Okay. Blair, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about your novel and how it came to be? Sure,
2: yes. Uh, My novel's called The Devoted, and it's about a Boston Irish Catholic woman who uh, falls out with her family and her faith and and converts to Zen Buddhism, but then uh, becomes trapped in a manipulative relationship with her Zen master. So it's about faith, uh, it's about conversion and being an outsider to a religious tradition, it's also about the parallels I found, both in the, the different forms of beauty that I found in Catholicism and in Zen, but also in the ways that power and authority can be abused in these religious contexts. So um, it's a sort of a spiritual quest novel, I would say, and mm-hmm. one thing that was very important to me when I was writing it was that growing up I loved spiritual stories like Siddhartha and and the Dharma bums, books like that, but they were always from a male perspective. It was always a man who was allowed to kind of leave his family and and go on these quests of discovery. So I really wanted to write a girl religious quest.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. How cool. So, So what was different or unique about the way you approached your projects from things that you had done in the past? What do you think?
2: Good question. Yeah, I think for me
3: uh, it was mainly point of view character. So I, I did mention on the panel that I'd written a first novel, and the main character was very similar to myself. Um, you know, in terms of you know, it was a white woman, middle aged, um, uh, working as a vet, which is what my career is, um, with kids, um, in a lesbian relationship. So uh, very much uh, a character that um, was similar to the life that I have. Um, and, and then I think with this novel, um, I, as an artist I wanted to grow and and try new things. And so I think um, it was really important for me to write some uh, characters that had varying um, backgrounds and uh, experiment a little bit with voice. One of the main narrators in the story is a child. So experimenting with writing a a book that's not made for children but with a child narrator, which can be tricky. Um, You know, just really writing outside of myself, but writing sort of uh, at the heart of um, people that I know around me.
2: And I'd say definitely trying to juggle both of these religious traditions was a new and ambitious topic that I tried to tackle in this book. Um, I, it's, uh, it's a close third person with uh, Nicole, my main character, and I really wanted to get a sort of intimate knowledge of who she was and what sort of journey she had been on, and also the difficult betrayals that she had encountered in her life when she sort of offers herself up looking for a little meaning and wisdom and guidance from a religious leader and, and finds that that trust has been violated. So I tried, I think the biggest challenge for me was trying to imagine myself into those very private spaces. Of Particularly in Zen, it's a tradition of having an intimate relationship between a teacher and a student. And that that space, unfortunately, can be ripe for abuse. So trying to uh, sensitively imagine my way into that dynamic. Mm -hmm. What did you find most challenging about writing this book? Definitely um, trying to capture the the feel and the culture of these two different religions as honestly and respectfully as I could, while also lobbying some critiques at the abuses of power that have occurred Mm -hmm. in these religions. So um, I tried to do my homework. I really tried to research and and read as much as I could about uh, the traditions and read primary texts and and the memoirs of Buddhist nuns and things like that, uh, just so I felt like I could write from a position of authority If uh, I was just bumbling in there like an outsider, making assumptions, I think it wouldn't have worked. So I tried to respect the people who are actually uh, believers and practitioners and uh, just try to tell their story as as, uh, imaginatively and compassionately as I could. And what did you find most fun about this project? (laughs) Um, I loved reading the, the poetry of both Catholicism and Zen, I think one of the most fun reading pro- projects I had was reading Zen koans. So I read whole books of koans, which are these sort of uh, riddles that are told uh, to Zen students. The most famous ones are, what is the sound of one hand clapping, or uh, show me your original face. Or the, there's a famous one where someone says, does a dog have a Buddha nature? And the answer is moo, which means no. And it's very puzzling, and you're supposed to work it out. There's no, there's no literal answer that's the acceptable answer. Uh, and I found it frustrating, because normally, I think of religion as giving you the answers. But Zen, it gives you questions instead. So I found that challenging and fun as well.
0: <laughs> and you, what did you find the biggest challenge in writing your book?
3: Uh, it's interesting. When I wrote the first draft, um, it was very the opposite. It was the opposite of challenging. It was a pleasure. Like I just was really engaged in the work, really uh, connected. I had a huge sense of affinity. Um, I didn't have a struggle with the writer's block. It just flowed right out of me. So I think the challenge for me was um, in the editing process and learning to uh, balance the feedback that you receive with um, your own ideas about the. Um, the way you want the novel to work and because I did get a lot of uh, different feedback and um, I did end up changing a lot of things um, I found that challenging Um, and at some point I I remember losing sight of like is this the story that I wanted to tell or is this you know somebody else's version of the story that that they would like me to tell so I did find that challenging um, and definitely much a learning process. Anything about the editing process for you Blair that
0: was unique?
2: Oh, definitely. It just takes more patience and more willingness to re-envision the work than I thought going mm-hmm. into it. I think when when we talk about revision, it really means revision, seeing it in a new way each time that you approach the draft. So, I had to be willing to imagine big changes to the story and to the character, and and to cut whole chapters that I was very attached to emotionally. So, yes, I think I, and that this is the advice I give to my creative writing students as well. Editing is not just polishing up the grammar and dotting the the i's and crossing the t's it really is about uh being willing to do a radical re-envisioning of the shape the story could take or what choices the characters make and that can be hard because you you get very emotionally (laughs) attached to the way it first came out uh but you have to be willing to to radically re-envision it
0: can you give us some examples of some big changes that happened in either of your books that you can remember? Something that would Yeah, so in?
3: one of the ones that happened, and it happened over time, but uh, when I wrote the original draft, I had four point-of-view characters, so the, the three characters that you would read now, um, and then the fourth one was the motel itself. Um, and I loved it. I was so attached to the motel's point of view, mm-hmm. and my writing group also loved it. But then, when I started working with editors, um, they they didn't think that it would work. They thought it was a sign of I, don't, I can't remember exactly the the criticism, but just maybe it was amateur. Or it didn't work, um, and so I ended up pulling that out. And I still, even now, I have like a little like a little core of regret, like <laughs> oh, but I love that part. Um, so <laughs> so that would be one example. And mm-hmm. and I did end up taking out quite a bit. But one of the things that I see is um, how skillfully as you develop your skills as a writer, um, how you can change things and tighten things up. So what happened was I took that, um, motel perspective and I wove it into the story and I think it made the story stronger.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say the biggest change was probably just the whole ending in my original version. I just didn't really know how to end it, how, what my character needed to do in order to achieve closure or a final confrontation with her, her demons. So. Um, In the original version I sent off to editors, it it had her going off on this sort of strange quest out west, and it had nothing to do with everything that the story had been before that. And so, uh, I suddenly, after getting some feedback, I realized, no, I need to actually return home. This is about coming full circle and confronting what was at the beginning of the story. I think a lot of stories do end up coming full circle in one way or another, Mm -hmm. and I just I uh, couldn't see it until I'd gone through a few drafts. I realized, oh, if this is a circle story, it needs to come back.
0: <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your path to publishing? How did you, you know, find your publisher and connect with them, and how did that relationship work? Yeah, so I, um, I'm i
3: fairly new to writing. I guess I would label myself as an emerging artist, Um So I've had only this one novel published and a couple of short stories. Um, And at the point where I was writing and I decided I wanted to get published, one of the things I did was starting to take the craft more seriously and uh, submitting short stories and getting short stories published. Um, And when I got to the point with the novel where I had worked with mentors and worked with um, critique groups and worked with editors and I thought it was ready to um, send out, I just sent it out to several small presses um, and I was so pleased to have a very quick response from Amy at uh, Palimpsest Press, and she said yes. So it was—it was not a big. Uh, uh, it's not a big story of you know oh it was rejected and it was so hard to get it published. It was just more about um, the patience of doing the work and spending the time, improving the novel, getting the novel to the point where it was ready to go out. Uh, and
2: then trusting that someone would want to take it on, which they did, which was lovely. Mm -hmm. And I did have that phase of rejection, for sure, where (laughs) I wrote a version of the novel and thought it was probably good enough and sent it out to a flurry of agents. Uh, I did want to try to follow the traditional route of getting an agent and then a publisher. Uh, And there were no takers. I had some encouraging notes, which made me think that uh, maybe there is some potential here. Uh, And I did have to look back at the manuscript and really have a hard moment where I asked myself, is this worth working on, do I still believe in the project? And after a week of reading it over, I decided, yes, I still do believe in it and I think I can see some ways to make it better. So then I did a major revision and at that point I sent it out to agents and I signed with my agent at that point. And from there it followed a pretty traditional path where I did a couple more revisions with the agent and then he sent it out to publishers and it was bought. Um, From there, of course, there were more revisions to do with the editor, so Mm And it's such a long process. We were talking about this where my, my editor said, yes, we're really going to rush this one into production. We're going to put it in in a year and a half. And I felt stunned. <laughs> <laughs> really, well, man, that's the rush. You know? uh, so really, uh, I would say as, as well for those uh, writers out there who get uh, a book deal, congratulations, and now start uh, working on something else because yes. <laughs> it's going to be a long lead time before you actually see it in print. So you might as well have other things on the stove burbling away. Amen. So speaking of that, what are you writing now? Uh, Yes, working on my second novel. Um, I'm excited about it. I feel like I'm close to the end of a draft, but, you know, I've been saying that all day today. I feel like I'm jinxing it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Uh, It's also about my continuing interest in religious belief, uh, more on sort of the extremist side. So I would say it's a cult novel. It's about a cult. Um, And I'm trying to capture a certain very American mood, I think, right now about these extremist groups that are maybe feeling more entitled these days and have a larger voice in the culture. So trying to capture that as much as I can. Sounds fascinating. (laughs) How about you? Uh, So I'm working on a third novel, which is uh, historical
3: fiction, which is a new genre for me. So um, I think it offers a huge potential to grow as a writer. Um, I love research, and so I'm deep in the research, uh, but it is very challenging, I think, um, especially to try something you haven't tried before. Uh, the story is about um, two young women uh, in England at the turn of the century in the 1900s who, um, through their actions, trigger a scandal around vivisection, around the use of animals in research, um, and at the center of that is a... a the brown dog and there's a a statue in England that was erected at the time um, which became a focal point for protests and riots Um, so it's it's a story that I find uh, is really rich um, and I have a lot of affinity for it because of my own personal background in in uh, medicine Uh, but again I just uh, (laughs) I'm just not sure I'm up for the challenge on some days (laughs) as I'm moving forward with it
0: it does sometimes seem like a lot when you've got a big project in front of you. Yeah, yes. yes, and, and again, you're at the beginning. The yeah, it's, so. very,
2: it's very daunting. And we were talking about how every new novel you write seems to have its new challenges. No yeah. matter what lessons you learn from the previous one, each new novel has uh, new lessons to
0: learn. Why do you think that is? I think every new novel is
2: sort of it has to teach you how to write it. It has uh, new structures, new voices that you're trying, new ambitions. And so you definitely learn important skills about getting through a project with each book you write, but at least I've found that um, each one seems to require the same amount of thought and time and revision as well, for sure.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, We really appreciate your time, and we're so glad you could come to BookFest. Thank you for your panel and your time, and best of luck with your new projects. Thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us to speak and talk with you today about books.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Thanks for joining us. Look for more episodes of All Right in Sin City wherever you listen to podcasts, or check out our website, allrightinsincity.com. For information and announcements of new podcasts, sign up to our email list or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.